0: Greetings again this evening in Jesus' name. Grant, uh, thankful that we have the privilege to greet in Jesus' name and thankful too for the promises of his presence and his desire that each one of us will show forth his glory in our lives day by day. I'd like this evening to think a little bit about a subject called, or what, titled, Holy of Holies. I thought Holy of Holies was in the Bible. But uh, I looked in vain for that term. We're going to look at the Holy of Holies anyway. Uh, It's probably been defined. We understand a little bit. Turn open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. I'll read Hebrews 9, 1 to 14. And there try to um, get a a picture of the Holy of Holies that we'd like to talk about tonight. Hebrews 9, verses 1. Through 14. I think I'll just read through them and then we're going to come back and uh, look at a number of things there in these verses uh, to see the Holy of Holies, Old Testament, Holy of Holies today here in Bethel Bible School. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first. When was the candlestick, and the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer, and the ark of the covenant, overlaid round about with gold, when was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that had budded, Thank you. and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was the figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him into the service perfect, as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and cardinal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? All right, this gives us a background for what we'd like to talk about tonight. Uh, talking about the Holy of Holies, this place um, in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Where that Moses reared up, and then later on, of course, Solomon had built one. This holy, holy place that was in the tabernacle, and I'd like to talk a little about that this evening. Um, I tried to maybe draw a little bit of a picture. Not sure if it'll come up here or not. Just a very simple picture: uh, the holy place and the holy of holies. The tabernacle was divided into two parts. The holy place was, I think, twice as big as the holy of holies. Divided there. <coughs> And this is the way the, the tabernacle was set up by God. They entered from the bottom part there, and that was the tabernacle. I tried to draw a picture of the priest there. It says that, into this first part, in the holy place, the high priest went in, or the priest, not only the high priest, but the priest went in there every day. Um, what does it say here in verse uh, Verse 6 the priests went in always into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God so this is the daily thing they had to go in there and uh, on the one side uh, trim the lamps and in the middle maybe um, offer incense and on the one on the other side uh, they had the table of showbread and they had to change that every day every day they changed that so this is a daily thing they went in there into this into this holy place every day That's, that, that was their work of course um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things involved that we're not talking about we're just kind of skipping through here And then it says, into the Holy of Holies, back in the back part, the inner sanctuary, back in the Holy of Holies, the high priest went in there only once a year. Actually, he went in twice on that day because he had to go in first and offer sacrifice for himself and then come out and take sacrifice in for the people on that day. It says that when he went in there, he had to go in with blood. And the instructions were that he also had Uh, incense in his hands and he was supposed to go in behind the curtain and on that day then he was supposed to sprinkle the blood seven times before this mercy seat at the same time he had this incense in his hand i'm not quite sure how it all worked but he had the incense in his hand as well and it was making a smoke all this time over this little area called the uh, shekinah glory in between the mercy uh, the mercy seat between the two angels looking in there and that was one day a year after he offered for himself, and he went out and came in and offered for the people once a year. Now, we don't really know uh, some of these things, but they tell me, this is just a story, that later on, when the high priest went in to do this offering of the sacrifice, they had got to the place where they actually tied a rope onto his leg, just in case just in case. Because nobody else could go in. If anyone else went in, he'd die too. There's no way to get him out. And it is Holy of Holies. No one could get out. In fact, he walked through the Holy Place. You see the Holy Place there. He walked in through the Holy Place alone. All the other priests were supposed to be out of the Holy Place. When he went into the Holy of Holies, the priests were all out of the Holy Place too. There was no one anywhere in there. He walked through the Holy Place by himself entered the most holy place by himself and offered this blood for the sacrifice, and then he came back out. That was God's plan for them as they were supposed to approach him. Now, in the holy place, we have, um, it says in verse 4, there's the ark. I didn't try to draw a picture of the ark, but in the ark, they have these three things and i'm going to ask you what those three things are it says in verse four the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold when was the golden pot that had manna aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant so inside in this in this place way inside there inside the inside were these three things and on top of this of course we have the angels uh, overshadowing the mercy seat What were these three things, and what did they mean? Um, I wrote some verses, and we're going to look at those verses. Uh, Let's look first at, well, maybe we're going to have you read them. I think it's good if you read them. Uh, Someone read those verses in John, well, there's too many there. We're going to have to read them. I'll I'll turn there. John 6. John 6, then you tell me what the significance is of the manna. John 6, verses 31 to 35. We have this. Um, The people are complaining with Jesus, so to speak. And he answers in verse 31. Then, no, verse 32. Let me read verse 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven; for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, give us evermore this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. All right. What's the manna? A picture of son. Of God. <clears throat> picture of God the Son picture of jesus that's the bread that's the bread that came into the world jesus is a picture of the man in which god gave to the children of israel <clears throat> all right the second one is aaron's rod we're going to, have to go back to the old testament read number 17 <clears throat> number 17 is the story of aaron's rod and we're just going to look at that a little bit don't want to take too much time in um, figuring all these things out but number 17 and just after Korod, and Abiram have been swallowed up and, um, and the people began to murmur about that. And, they, uh, and then the plague broke out and then eventually the plague got stayed. And so now in order to stop all this grumbling, God said, okay, here, 17, chapter 17, number 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod, and thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers, and lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the house of Israel, whereby they murmur against me, against you. So they did that. Verse 8, And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into it. Into the tabernacle of witness, and lo, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod. <clears throat> all right, keep that in mind. Um, turn now to John. No, the next verse is not on there. John six sixty three. John, another verse in John 6. John 6, verse 63. Along with that story about the rods, in chapter 6, verse 63, it says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. Now, you know these rods that Aaron had. I don't know. It has to be at least two months, three months, maybe four, that Aaron had this rod. Maybe longer. I don't know how long he had this rod because he used the rod to do the miracle before Pharaoh, and then they had it out here in the wilderness. I don't know how long they had out there. So this rod is an old dry stick. <sighs> in Belize we have sticks sometimes. Um, there's a madre cacao stick that we chop it and then in, even in the dry season and go along and plant it. Plant this stick and after a while it starts blooming. I mean it starts coming up with leaves, little leaves and soon, It's a tree. It just grow, there are no roots, nothing. You just stick it in the ground and it grows. Well, Aaron's rod was not stuck in the ground. Uh, Aaron's rod did not take six months to bloom. Aaron's rod, in one night, had leaves, had buds, had blossoms, and had fruit in one night. There's no stick that does that. There's no tree that does that. There's no plant that does that. There's nothing anywhere that does that. There's nothing that makes leaves, flowers, and fruit in one night. That doesn't happen. So it was a miraculous thing, obviously a miraculous happening, and in other words, it's life, and that's what I see here in John six, verse sixty-three. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The Holy Spirit is what makes life, and He tells that other places in the New Testament as well. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes a dead person alive, brings life out of something dead. That was the Holy Spirit. And the last one is Exodus twenty, verse twelve, verse two, the Sermon on the Mount. Just read a verse there to help us to get the picture there again of God and his glory. <clears throat> Exodus 20 and verse 2 says, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then he goes on to the Ten Commandments. So we have uh, the, three, the three items in the Ark of the Covenant, the manna, Aaron's rod, and the table of the covenant, indicating... The three persons of the Trinity, God the Son, God the Spirit, and God the Father. Now, if you're in Hebrews, just uh, skip across the page, at least in my Bible, it's just across the page. In Hebrews 9, I saw this, I just saw this today. It kind of inspired me when I read this this in verse 14. Verse 14 now, keep in mind these three things. In verse 14, it says this, listen for the Trinity in verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? There you have the Trinity in that verse. I hadn't noticed that before. But there it is. You have the Trinity right there in that verse. Um, Obviously, you have the same Trinity here in the Ark of the Covenant. uh, Pictured the Trinity, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, working together for our salvation. And that's that's what he says then in in verse 14. Mm -hmm. So now let's back up just a little bit. Here's the priest going into the Holy of Holies and um, doing or giving a sacrifice that he's supposed to do in the Holy of Holies. Um, Verse chapter 8 and verse 12. We're going to change scenes a little bit here. Um, This Holy of Holies looks a little different. The Holy of Holies that we'd like to talk about tonight is a little different Holy of Holies than the one that uh, we've been talking about. Back now in chapter 8 of Hebrews, chapter 8 and verse 12. I'll read verse 1. <clears throat> chapter 8 and verse 1, pardon me. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty on the heaven, in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary. And of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, and not man. Now we're going to switch tabernacles here. We're going to the tabernacle that the Lord pitched, not the one that man made. Moses made a tabernacle, and they went in there, like we said, the high priest went in there once a year. God pitched a tabernacle. God's tabernacle also has a holy place, and it has a holy of holies. And that tabernacle we want to talk about tonight is a tabernacle each day. One of you has. Each of you has a Holy of Holies deep down inside, and the way into the Holy of Holies is guarded by you. You are the one who knows what's in the Holy of Holies. No one else knows what's in your Holy of Holies. It's a private place. Only you know what's there. And sometimes you don't even know, maybe. At least I don't sometimes seem like. It seems like sometimes some things in our Holy of Holies, we didn't even realize were there until God reveals them to us. In the Holy of Holies, deep down inside of us, this tabernacle that God made, that's this one, not the one that man made. We're not talking about a man-made one. Now we're talking about a tabernacle God made, which is a tabernacle in the lives of each one of us, that God wants us to... Take care of and be conscious. Each one of us has um, a holy of holies. Each person has a holy of holies. And this heart now is our holy of holies. It says in verse 8 the Holy Ghost, this signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle. Was yet standing. I'd <clears throat> like to maybe pull that, little, that phrase out just a little bit the first tabernacle, the first tabernacle standing there, or the first thing standing. Uh, and it says in verse 9, um, we're going to try and get both these verses together, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. All right? The Old Testament, the way they did it in the Old Testament, could not take care of the conscience. The the conscience, it says in chapter 10 that there is a conscience. um, Let's see. Where does it say? Verse 3. Three. In those sacrifices, there's remembrance again made of sins every year. The Old Testament, every year, they kind of went through their sins again and reminded themselves of their sins. Every year, reminder of their sins. It never took away the, the guilt of sin. It says the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away this sin. So it was kind of a reminder of this. And that's what he says in verses 8 and 9 that these gifts and sacrifices in the Old Testament didn't take care of it. And also the problem with this um, <clears throat> man standing, this first man standing, we're going to get that in just a little bit. I'm going to turn now to Matthew 15:19. 19. Um, you can turn me there. In fact, there's a verse there you probably should read in Matthew 12. But I'm going to f- go to chapter 15 first. Matthew 15, this is the problem and this is why d- the The blood of bulls and goats didn't take care of it. In Matthew 15 and verse 19, it says, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So he says very clearly that out of the inside, out of the heart, that's where the problem is. The problem is down here. And you can't take care of it by killing a goat, or by killing a sheep, that doesn't take care of it because it's still there in our hearts. We have this problem. <coughs> There's a comment which maybe almost, almost seems like maybe a little bit hopeless when Jesus made this comment in chapter twelve, chapter twelve, verse thirty-four. <clears throat> Turn back there. It's it almost seems like maybe like he might have said, well. Maybe there's just not much use. There's not much hope. Look at what he says. In verse 34. <clears throat> o generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You just can't do much better. It won't work. You might want to. Uh, this is New Year's. We might talk about that later on here. Um, this is a new year and maybe we made new year resolutions but new year resolutions alone don't help us. Uh, new year resolutions aren't maybe good things good things to aim for but all the resolutions in the world aren't going to change our heart and, and they don't take care of this this bad heart that's down inside here. <clears throat> that's why it says in Hebrews that they couldn't perfect the conscience. The, the sacrifices and so on that were made in the Old Testament, um, could not um, take care of these problems that man has. Now we're going to go back here where we were. Here's a list of names to help us understand the next point. What is the similarity in these pairs of names? Tell me the similarity in the pairs of names. There's one similarity that applies to all those pairs. What is it? What's the same about each pair? They were, at odds. they were at odds. All right. Something more I want. That's true. They were at odds. But I want a little bit more. They're all siblings. Huh? They're all, siblings. all siblings? Okay, I hadn't thought of that. No, they are either all siblings. David and Saul aren't siblings. <laughs> rest of them are. You're right there. That doesn't quite apply. What else? Second one. I want you to notice the second one. The second one is God's choice. <clears throat> Abel, God's choice. David, God's choice. Rachel, got the blessing, God's choice. Jacob, God's choice. Isaac, God's choice. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, uh, there that there were two Adams you know there was a first Adam and a second Adam I'm sure you know that in chapter 15 in First 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45 and so it is written the first man Adam was made a living soul the last Adam was made a quickening spirit so we have two Adams we have the Adam back there 6,000 years ago and we have another Adam 2,000 years ago the first Adam was made a living soul the second Adam was made a quickening spirit We're talking about first birth and second birth. How many of you here tonight have been born once? Anybody been born once? Well, I hope everybody has, else you wouldn't be here. Everyone has been born once. We've all been born once. Well, that's not God's choice. That's not good enough for us to be born once. We must be born the second time. We have to be born again. And that's the picture here in these names. God's choice, the second one, the one born again. And then, of course, we have here in First Corinthians 15, the second Adam being Jesus, uh, the one who uh, is God's choice, who makes life, is life, I guess you might say, <clears throat> We have that picture here. I'm not sure we'll come back to this maybe a little bit um, later. God's choice is the one that we have. That's the one that God God chooses, that person. Let me go back here. I tried to make that man a little bit bigger this time. Uh, There's somebody standing in the way. The entrance into the Holy of Holies, into your Holy of Holies, into my Holy of Holies, says there's, there's somebody standing there, and it says, in, back in Hebrews again, it says that the way into this Holy of Holies, for Jesus to come in, for him to give us a new heart, a new life, that way is blocked, so to speak, while the first tabernacle this first tabernacle this first person this flesh this me while i'm still standing while i'm still in the way uh, the way into the holy of holies is blocked the way in there is not open because i'm standing i'm in the way all those firstborns that we saw back here a picture of the firstborn cain and saul and leah and esau and ishmael that the, they were in the way someone mentioned conflict Uh, We can go back to the story of Ishmael and Isaac. And the New Testament clarifies that in the book of Galatians, that there was a conflict between the flesh and the spirit, between Ishmael and Isaac. And he says that the the flesh is lust against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And they have this conflict. Um, And we know how that is in our lives. We know that we have two ears, so to speak, and there are two voices that come to us. God tells us what's right, and Satan tells us what's wrong. And, and our body doesn't want to listen to automatically listen to God. We want to do what we want to do. Satan says, do what you want to do. It's actually following him. But we, he deceives us into thinking it's doing what we want to do. And so there's this fight within us. Even like we had when Ishmael Isaac had this conflict there in their lives. <clears throat> now let's go back here. The way into the holiest of holies is made manifest when self is slain. When we give up, when we die, when we, well, Galatians says, in twenty, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So the only way to open up our what shall I say, our Holy of Holies is for us to die so that God or Jesus can have access into our Holy of Holies. As long as I'm standing, as long as I'm standing in the way, and I want my way, and I want to do what pleases me, the Holy Spirit doesn't have access. He can't make me a new person. Jesus can't live in me because my Holy of Holies is blocked, we might say, So, Galatians 5 tells us what that looks like. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. At least three times in the New Testament it says, don't be deceived, or don't let them, someone deceive you. One of those times in 1 Corinthians 6, I think it says... Uh, something about don't be deceived the people that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of god ishmael and isaac again in the end of galatians chapter 4 is it it says the son of the bondwoman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman it won't work that's what sarah told abraham what says the scripture Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. If we keep on doing what Ishmael wants, if we keep on living after the flesh, if we keep on uh, thinking, even inside, even if it's maybe just way inside in our Holy of Holies, maybe nobody knows because it's my holy place way down inside the Holy of Holies. But if I keep on doing that, if I allow Ishmael to reign there, the rest of me, Isaac, the rest of me, I guess it's Ishmael too. I won't make it to heaven. It says that the, the son of the the bondwoman shall not be heir. It won't make it. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, of the free. God wants us to be children of the free and allow him to have his rule in us and reign in our lives. So let's go back to Hebrews nine and pick up those verses again where we left off, maybe about verse eleven. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not his building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. In the Old Testament, according to verse thirteen, the blood of bulls and of goats. Ashes and heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. When there was someone who had gotten, touched a dead body or maybe a dead fly or had a baby or buried a dead man or whatever it happened to be and he was unclean, then he went to the priest and the priest, they had this water of cleansing and I think they had to sprinkle the water depending on what it was. Sometimes it was the third day and the seventh day uh, and ashes. This cleansed the person and he was clean. Now he said that was taken that they did that to clean the flesh. That took care of the ritual, I guess you might say. Verse 14 How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? That's purging the conscience. From dead works to serve the living God. God wants our conscience to be clean. He wants us to manifest Him from way on the inside. This holy of holies that we have deep, deep down inside, God wants that to belong to him. He wants to have control in the holy of holies. <clears throat> Let's turn back to First Corinthians 15, pick up a couple of verses there that we didn't pick up when we were coming through. 1 Corinthians 15, and verse starting at verse 46, we, taught, we read verse 45 about the first Adam and second Adam. It says in verse 46, Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are the also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are the also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthly, earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now he's talking there about the resurrection, but I'm going to apply that to us here today, here at Bible School. Every one of you, when I meet you, I don't know your name, I don't know where you come from, whatever it is, but I can tell that you're a person. I can actually tell you're a person. You have borne the image of earth. <laughs> and we, we just all know that. We, we all tell that we're, you know... That's what he says. We've all borne that image. Now, I'd have to be around you longer to tell for sure about the second one. He says, now, everyone can tell you're a man or a woman. You're a person. We know that's, we see that. The question is now, what about the second one? It says, now, we've borne the image of the earthy. Do we also bear the image of the heavenly? Is Jesus manifest in me in you, Is Jesus in control? Where's our picture of that one? Right there. Is Jesus in the Holy of Holies? Is he in control of us like he wants to be? Can people see Jesus shining through me? Can people hear Jesus when I talk? Are people aware of Jesus when I'm around? Or do I tend to maybe try to hide who I am or not let it be seen? Um, do I bear the image of... Of the heavenly, like God wants me, God wants me to bear <clears throat> this image, and other people can see him living in us in fact, second Corinthians three verse eighteen tells us this: we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, even as by the spirit of the Lord. now in our Kekchi Bible. There's a nice long word which you probably will not understand. <clears throat> uh, which the, the idea is we are being changed. That's kind of all one word in Kekchi. Um, we are being changed as we look at Jesus, as we think about him. There was a neighbor in Belize and he was making fun of one of the young Christians Young Christian was uh, working for another one of the missionaries, and he said, "You know, this boy—he he just thinks he's pretty smart. He, when he when he talks, he, he just talks like James. In fact, even when he walks, he, he walks like James. And you just watch the way he drives. When he drives, he drives just like James. You know, he just." You can just see James sticking out all over. Well, no problem. He was working for James, and I guess he probably learned from James, and so on. How about us? When people look at us, do they see Jesus sticking out all over? Can they say, well, he talks like Jesus. That's what he said about the disciples. And it was not friends that said that. It was enemies. Enemies said, hmm, something strange here. These people never went to school, don't have any education, but they talk just like Jesus. Well, because they were with him, and he was in them. And that's what God wants for us. The second, the Jesus living in us. So this evening, as we think about the Holy of Holies, that each one of us has this reserve or space or whatever you want to call it that each one of us has is there something within us in our holy of holies that should not be there is there something there that doesn't belong there that doesn't reflect jesus is there some anger at someone are we jealous of someone or have we told a lie or have we been looking at things we shouldn't look at or have we gone places we shouldn't go or have we been resistant to our parents? All kinds of things can be in this Holy of Holies way down in there and maybe we're very good at covering it up. Maybe no one even knows. Maybe it's been hidden there for a long time. Maybe we're, we're pretty good at hiding it there. Recently, one of the brothers in Belize Uh, came very brokenly and confessed that he had been involved with another woman. And he'd been hiding it for, I forget, seven, eight years. I never imagined it. Uh, I think his wife imagined it, and she was kind of nudging him. But he said, no, 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 no. And he hid this for many years. But it was always there. It was always there. And it always, obviously bothered him until finally he got it out and got rid of it. Something hidden there, down in the holiest of holies, down in there where no he thought no one would know and no one would find out, but God of course knows what's in our holiest of holies. Turn to Psalm 51. <clears throat> Psalm 51. David has sinned, and here's his prayer of repentance. Um, just going to read some of this and uh, try to allow God to look into your heart this evening. Is there something within you that um, resonates with what David said here in Psalm 51? Listen to his first first words there, his first verses. Um, verse 1, Psalm 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness; according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Do you have that problem sometimes? You've done something you shouldn't do, and you try to forget it, and you try to forget it, but then something comes up, and you remember it again. Or maybe some preacher says something, and you heard it. Or maybe you read something in the Bible. Oh, that's, that's, that's me. And my sin is ever before me. I can't get away. From, I can't run away from it. It's just right there my sin is there before me. that was David's experience verse four against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest God you know you're, you're right when you judge me when you say I've got this sin, it's right it's true it's there. I've been trying to hide it, but it's just right there and I can't get away from it. There's no place I can go. It's true. Verse 6. Behold thou desirest truth in the inner parts and the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. And verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David's prayer. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Make me clean, God. And God, of course, Loves that prayer when it comes from his sincere heart. And he will do that. He will cleanse us and make us clean. Let's buy his word of prayer. Our Father, tonight, we thank you for your goodness in granting us to be born on this site of Calvary where we can understand and see the picture of the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse our hearts. Again, tonight, we stand before you knowing our need confessing our sinfulness, confessing that we are creatures of need. And we just would ask that you will, again this evening, uh, look into our hearts, search us. Is there something in our holy of holies? Is there something in our secret place? Is there something within us that needs to come out and be gotten rid of? Is there something there that is not what you want it to be, not showing Jesus? If there is, we just ask that you would touch our hearts, speak to us, and um, help us to be open. Allowing you to cleanse our hearts and make us new. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.